I'm uh, just glad to be with you, be back in South Africa, be, be, be here together and, and, uh, and, and hopefully catch something from the Lord uh, this morning to help us continue on, to carry on. I think I'm okay with the microphone. Is it all right? It's not sounding funny out there or anything? Okay. Okay. So th- this morning, um, let's, let's talk a little bit about this passage here in John chapter 18. Um, I, I struggled a little bit when it came to theme for this morning. I knew right away after reading the, the passage kind of where the Lord wanted us to go. But as far as a name, it was a little bit difficult. So I I told Tim one thing, and I think I'm going to change it. Um, uh, Let's talk about a kingdom that confounds the world. How about that for a title and a theme? A kingdom that confounds the world. Now, in this passage in, in John chapter 18, there's an awful lot going on. There's more than one sermon in those just few verses right there. So we're going to zero in on something here and hopefully and, and, and unpack it a little bit as we go along. You, you notice here where Jesus, Christ the King, defines his kingdom in a very peculiar, um, different sounding way. Now, That's just for us here today, but for the folks then, it would have been completely and totally misunderstood. They would have had no clue what it was he was talking about. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. Amen? That's how he described it, okay? Now, a kingdom of this world is based on what? It's based on natural authority. It's based on what we can see, what we can touch, what we know, what's written in the law, for example, what's written in terms of rights. Another example, that's that's the kingdom of this world in in that sense. Um, um, And this man here, um, Pilate, he he says, says, you're a king, right? You're a king. Yeah, I'm a king, but not the way that you are thinking about I'm being a king, you know. I'm not commanding troops to come to my rescue, okay. It's different what it is that's going on here. And I think that's, that's very important for us to understand now that it's different, but it has significant consequence. Pilate ran Rome. I mean, he, he, he ran Jerusalem. He was the, the governor. He was the person in charge. He was the person with all the say. He didn't have any reason whatsoever to even speak to Jesus. Did he? He could have just sent him along his way. He didn't have to call him up and have this big conversation and, and get his perspective and try to understand. So what's going on there? Right? Obviously... What was with Jesus was influencing Pilate, was it not? It was causing him to consider something different than the natural authority that he had at his disposal and at his command. Is that correct? He couldn't see it, but he sensed that it was there. 
What kind of king are you? You see, we have to remember, okay, we don't see the kingdom of God first. We don't see it and understand it with our natural minds, do we? Okay? It's a different, different administration that we're looking at here. Now, <clears throat> one of the real traps here when we start thinking about a kingdom not of this world is that we think it doesn't have anything to do with this world. And that's not what Jesus is saying there, is it? Did Jesus come into the world and not have anything to do with the world? Jesus came into the world and everywhere he went, every person he encountered, every time he gave a talk, the world was changed. It was greatly influenced. It was profoundly impacted everywhere that he went. So even though he wasn't having a commanding natural authority in the places that he went, he certainly influenced and changed every place that he was. Okay? What does he tell us to do in the scripture? He tells his people, feed the poor. Take care of those that are less fortunate. He tells his people, pray for those that are sick. See them recover. There are examples in scripture of his people even speaking to the authorities and the rulers and correcting the evil that was in their heart. They were influencing everywhere they went. Just as you and I are influencing or supposed to influence everywhere that we go. Are we together there? Okay. A kingdom that's not of this world still has great and profound impact on the world that we live in. And that's, well, something we have to be mindful of. Okay? If we living according to Christ the King's perspective, lifestyle, ethos, kingdom, what we do in this world will certainly guide it, shape it, and help it. Now, um, <clears throat> the question here becomes how do we do Christ's kingdom versus the worldly kingdom? And can, you see, can you see Pilate in this discussion here? Can you see what he's trying to do? How he's trying to come about the answer? What he's, what, he's, what he's reaching for and how he's looking at things? What's he doing here? He's trying to do what he's trying to understand. Is that right? Right after this, the next verse, we should have put it in there. Jesus says, this is the truth. And Pilate asks a question, doesn't he? What is the truth? So Pilate's trying to answer things just like most folks try to answer things. With the strength of his mind. His own understanding. His own ability to process things. His intellect. Okay. Now guys, let me, <clears throat> let me suggest to you today okay, that that's a big reason the world finds itself in the place that it is and continues to go that direction, continues towards chaos, continues towards disunity, continues towards a place that it's trying to escape from because the answers 
are coming from the wrong source. They're coming from the mind of man. They're coming from human agency. They are not coming from the source that Christ was reaching for and bringing his kingdom into play whenever he was on the earth. Now, Christ was not an unintelligent person. Okay? He wasn't the most learned of people by, by what we can tell from Scripture in terms of his education, but he certainly wasn't an ignorant person. But Christ walked in a very specific, clear way. He was a king on the earth. Okay? But how did he walk out his kingdom? How did he do that? Okay? It says in the scripture that Christ did only what he saw the Father doing. Is that correct? How did he see what the Father was doing? It was communicated to him by the Holy Spirit. He lived according to the Spirit. Not according to his own understanding. Not according to his, his genius for processing circumstances and coming up with the most logical conclusion. He lived by the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, <clears throat> I want you to, 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 to think about this. That sounds like a simple answer. Okay? And in many ways, it is a simple one. Okay? But I want you to look at the effect. Look at the effect. Okay? The people that were Jewish, the Pilate, what were they considering? They were considering the, the dynamics of authority and who was going to be in charge in their particular moment in history, at that particular time, in their location. That was, that was the biggest thing that they could frame their minds around, right? Their understanding went to that end. Pilate, I'm sure, he was... Uh, he was uh, an, an authority, but, you know, guys back then, whenever they were in authority, they were pretty smart about how to keep authority, right? They wanted to discern whether or not they had a real threat on their hands. That's what, I, what I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Pilate was like, okay, uh, is, is this guy got a secret army somewhere? Is, is there some way, if I do this the wrong way, this guy's going to unseat me in the place that I'm in? Well, we know where the Jewish folks were. They, were. they were all in a pitch about Jesus because he was turning upside down their, their mode of operation. And, and the leaders were threatened Okay, at that point. Let me tell you what. Christ was interested in those people there. But his kingdom and their perspective was so much bigger. So much more profound. His consideration would accomplish so much more than they could ever even conceive was going on. What was it that Christ was doing when he came to the earth? He was living out the life that would produce the sacrifice that would save the whole world for all time. Okay? So here's the the take home, okay? Let's get out of our idea. Let's get out of our consideration and let's start asking God what it is that he wants to do. How many of you here today want to live a life of consequence? You want to live a life that's purposeful. You want to say at the end of your life, 
This place is better off because of A, B, and C. You know, see, <clears throat> here's our thing, okay? We're doing a lot of things, all right? <laughs> but we're not asking God about how to do them, okay? Now, I'm speaking to Christians here, all right? Too much of our activity as Christians, okay, is according to our understanding. Too much of our program, okay, is according to our own desire and our own thought pattern. Let me tell you, like I said, it says in James, we need to look after the, the unfortunate. We need to feed the hungry. We do, okay. You know what we really need to do, okay? We need to ask God how to do that with the greatest effect. Because I'll tell you what God will do. He will see to it that people who are hungry are fed. But he will also see to it that people who don't know who he is are saved. He will see to it that a larger area is taken care of. He will see to it that the impact is greater than anything we ever could have thought or imagined. Amen? Now, <laughs> this is Testimony Sunday, guys. It really is. It really is. I gave a testimony this morning, and I may repeat it, but I've actually got another one. I've got another one now. Okay? So when Trina and I first came to South Africa, it was 17 years ago, we met a beautiful couple. They had a, a wonderful little church in the Cape um, that had a Bible school. Okay? Now... They had issues, and, and they wanted us to be a part of what they were, their, their work was going on. They didn't personally have issues, but they worked. They didn't know what to do. We, we walked in there, and it just seemed like a match made in heaven. We started working together. Um, our, our grace and gifting started encouraging their work, started seeing many of the, the, the folks that they were working with begin to mature and grow up and, uh, and, and have all kinds of things happen, and and then, then, then something happened. Oh, hallelujah. Something happens a lot of times. Okay. The, the pastor um, and I became cross. Okay. And the reason we became cross uh, was because I asked him about something that he was very uncomfortable with personally. <laughs> and as a result of me asking him that question, no longer, after some years of working with this group, no longer was I to be working with that group. No longer. Now, I was crestfallen. I was devastated. My, I'm talking about in my soul, guys, okay? Believe me, I've, I've been devastated a lot of times since then, so it's not that big of a deal to me anymore, okay? Not that personal time. But it, it was hard for me, okay? And it was unjust, I want to tell you, it was unjust. should not have happened that way. An awful lot of what we did had helped what it was that was going up, 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 up. Many people touched, many people helped, and, and the bottom line was we were kicked out. Okay? Now, I went to the Lord and asked him, okay, obviously your servant here is in error, so what must I do now to correct him? What must I do to bring justice to this situation? It's unjust. And do you know what the Lord told me to do? Nothing. 
Not that he told me nothing. He said, you do nothing. Now, it was very difficult for my soul to understand to do nothing in this situation. But it was clear that that was what I was supposed to do. So two, three years passed by and I was only allowed to eat lunch. Okay. With some of the former students that I had worked with in this Bible school. Okay. Now let me tell you what. I was about ready to say I'm not going to eat lunch. It's not worth my time. I was in other places, etc. But the Lord told me to do that too. So I had to go and walk in this lowly place. I used to be the, 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 the celebrated minister and, and all of these, these kinds of things. And, and then I was nothing for years. Okay? This gentleman, he moves on. Who does he put into place but one of the young men that I had worked with in his congregation? Next thing I know, I get a phone call. Will you come down here? Yeah, I'll come down, but... You know, there's a problem there. With, no, no, no. I've already spoken to the former minister. Everything is clear. Come down here. You, you share. Okay, I'll come down there and share. I thought, wow, God is great. He's done good things. He's restored us into the work of the ministry at the church in the cave. Well, the next thing I know, he has asked me to pray with him about his church joining a larger group of churches to make a long story short and I know I haven't done that well so far <laughs> this church joins the other church and 28 of the former students that I have worked with become staff members on various churches all the way throughout the Cape from George all the way over to Melpos Many places in between, all clear up to, to Parle and Wellington. We have churches that we consult with and work with like you cannot believe in that situation. Now, why am I sharing that with you? I'm sharing that with you as an example of how the kingdom of God that is not of this world works. I had absolutely no idea that God's plan was a much greater influence, much greater than we ever thought was possible. It feels like, honestly, it feels like we went from being kicked out of a church to being one of the top leaders of an entire movement of churches in the area. Now, I'm sharing that with you in order to encourage you to have hope. Okay. Okay. Christ's kingdom. That is the model. That is the answer. If Christ would have upped and called on his authority and, and defeated the Romans, it would have been a great moment in history. Because he didn't. And he went to the cross. All nations. Throughout all the world. Throughout all time can be and are being saved by His grace. Can you see the distinction there? Can you see the difference? Can you see the, 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 the picture of Christ there, meekly proclaiming who He is, and Pilate, the ruler, who thinks he knows, who has authority, but who really has nothing by comparison to what it is that Jesus has? Can you see those two things side by side? 
That's the choice you and I have. Amen? That's the choice we all have in our daily lives. Look, let's use our skills, our education. Let's use our place that God has given us, okay, to walk according to the kingdom of God. Let's let God take us into this world and show them the real hope that exists, which is Christ. Crucified. Christ. Redeemer. Christ. The hope of glory in our lives. You know, it doesn't matter where you are. Amen? doesn't matter where you are. We work with a refugee to the Congo in our area. You know what? <laughs> he didn't have clothes when he first started working with us. You know what? Now, now he has the ear of 87 churches in Durban. Ten years time, he is a power broker. He is a power broker in our city by God's grace, by the kingdom of God, by being led by the Holy Spirit. He, he humbled himself towards me. He came and tugged on my shirt for, for a year. And I just blew him off nicely, but I blew him off. And then we started working together and God granted increase like we could never ever think or plan or do on our own. It is the same. It is the same for you. The same way you are walking. The same place you're in. You know, you have family members. How many of you have a difficult family member? How many of you have a difficult family? Okay. Hallelujah. Yeah, everybody is shaking their head up and down because I know the answer is somewhere in your family. I don't care how Christian it is. There's some difficult... You know what the answer is? Don't do according to your mind. Ask God what to do. Ask God how to lead you in the situation that you find yourself in. It's Christ's kingdom that will rule and that will reign. You know, it says in the Bible of the increase of his government and of his kingdom, there will be no end. There's nothing that his authority can't touch and help and minister to. Man, the people of this world are rebelling against the natural kingdom. <laughs> left, right, and center. It's actually rare for people to be law-abiding today and increasingly rare. You see, we've got to turn to Christ. We've got to turn to the unseen kingdom. We've got to turn to the Holy Spirit and be led by Him. That is our answer. That is what God has for us. That's the message of hope for us this morning when we think about Christ as the King. Look, don't worry. Don't worry about the rulers that are elected. Don't, don't worry about them. Let me tell you. Now, now go and vote. Okay, go and vote. Do, do your duty like that. I'm not telling you not to vote. But don't worry about it. You know what you need to worry about? Worry about you being led by the Holy Spirit and pray that others will do the same thing. Because you know what? One person, one person can be used to change this world forever in an instant. One person will change this world forever if they'll turn to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, have I been animated enough and excited enough for you this morning? I hope you are <laughs> encouraged uh, this morning because God, God has, has more for you. He has more for you. He has more for your situation, your circumstance. He has more for South Africa. He, has, he even has more for England, praise the Lord. I'm sure of it. 
I'm sure of it. I wasn't sure before, but I'm sure, you know, I'm sure of it. I've, I've been there. We, it's just, um, it's an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing to turn to the true, real, effective kingdom that's not of this world in order to see to it that this world is changed for his purpose, for his glory. Amen? Amen. God bless.